This is the one with two brains. And three hearts. A non-cuddly grabber. The first mention of the Dr. Donner. And it's all pretty cerebral. It's called Planet of the Ood. Here we go. We're still on our endless voyage, all through time and all through space. With Levine and angels now, Daleks, Cyber, Zandun, wow. Ben and Smith and Eccleston, Gallifrey, where it all began. Doctor Who is cool again, that was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new Who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha and beyond. Join us on this odyssey, what other choice could there be than Who back when? Who back when? Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Darkcast. That's right, or, Nick. Or not fantastic. <laughs> Still to be proven. <laughs> I am Ponkin, and I am joined today by Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, dear Podcast Land. And next to Nick, Drew. Hello. Hello, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. <laughs> today we are having a little chat about Planet of the Ood. It's the bit. third Donna. Or fourth Donna. It yes. is. Fourth one Donna. of those. Do you just not care to count anymore? You're just keeping your head down until this all blows over. I have entirely lost interest in this entire show. You have, you're wrong. Yeah, we outnumber you in this recording. I was, <laughs> yeah, you do, don't you? I, I will say this right off the bat. I love this episode. I think this is a fantastic episode. All don't elements you? of it? I mean, do you mean including Donna? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> more on that later, folks. <laughs> Let's jump into Bite Size Chunky Who. Three, two, one, and. Time for us to synopsize. Love a and summarize. So take a pew and grab a brew. And, and listen to this all of you, this free for all. We like to call a Bite Size Chunky Who. Bite Size Chunky Who. The doctor takes Donna on a holiday. To a freezing slave colony. Hilarity ensues. Be scout over, you are welcome. <laughs> okay, can I start this one off with a question for you guys? Mm. In the 40, 42nd century, it's the year 4126, have mm. they really not yet cured baldness? Or improved upon the gun. Although we've had this <laughs> discussion many times before. It's a retro. Gun's retro. <laughs> and baldness has come back. They had eradicated it, the Bill, in, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> they came back um, because it's essentially like space herpes. Yeah, it never goes away. Actually, I figured out I the gun thing that. as well. The gun thing is that when the police arrive and the doctor's body is there with a bullet in, they think, "Oh dear, this man was shot two thousand years ago, but the ice preserved his body for millennia." <laughs> Clearly, there's no suspects involved who are alive today to prosecute. All right, if I'm ever murdered in what looks like a, like a like an ancient a winter clubbing. wonderland, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this Weird. man's been thrown from a trebuchet. Yeah, it must have been the Saxons. <laughs> right. Well, where to go from there? <laughs> I'll tell you where to go from there. I just want to bring attention to what a fantastic title of an episode this is oh yeah because these days you get clever titles from moffat that trailed before the series even air like the um the magician's knickers and the witch's glass ceiling and heaven's not real and hell's other people and all this shit i like yeah. the, i like the impossible something or the improbable this or the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but this one this is planet of the ood you know exactly what you're getting you tingle with anticipation there's a planet full of ood it kind of matches the the formula of uh, old school classic mm. titles as well the the something of insert race here yeah like the power revenge of the, of the men the power of the daleks the evil of the daleks the you know all of that the planet of the ood yeah, and you got that last year as well with the evolution of the darks. You get it next week with the Sontaran Splooge Fest or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is that's not something <laughs> we get any more of the Sontarans, please. Yeah. I feel like the word is strategium, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I have a question that okay. has always plagued me. Can the as doctor? Always. So has he fucked this up in terms of picking a place to go, or has he just hit the random button, or like what? How is he? He's clearly hit the random button in this one. Yeah, he says. Yeah. Oh, does he? I set all the settings to completely random. Oh, fair well, enough. Well, well, why doesn't he go, yeah, fuck this. <laughs> Let's go somewhere nicer. Oh, because he's just interested. He, I mean, he sees beauty in this landscape where she sees nothing but cold and discomfort. But if your point was to say, can he actually direct the TARDIS or is he just traveling around space and time willy-nilly? Well, I, know this clip, then, I know this clip because obviously we've done, I've reviewed like 30 of these and he clearly can in some and then sometimes fucks it up and then sometimes it's all set to random. But I feel like if you've got a companion, 
that you want to show something really nice to because you want to show the wonder of the world, maybe break him in gentle and not take him to a slave colony. Yeah, or but not he even, doesn't know that it's a slave colony. Well, don't even run the risk of rocking up at a slave colony. That's what I mean. Oh, so you mean why not go someplace nice that he's already been to? Why? Yeah, why not go? Do you know what's really nice? This like lovely beach planet. <laughs> yeah, or the one with the uh, the singing rocks. I'm yeah. I'm shagging River, River Swan, River Swan, River, River Song yeah. Yeah. in the other room for the next twenty four <laughs> years. So you're not going to see a peep out of future me. So let's enjoy the view. Or or like let's let's avoid the planet of Nazis or the planet of mafia people as uh, <laughs> a la Star Trek. Uh, let's just no. But he doesn't know that. I mean, for all he he knows, it's just a snowy planet. He doesn't know that there is something. Yeah, no. But, but our point there. is, why not pick someone that you do know? Because that he is wants lovely. something new and adventurous. That's that's how he even introduces it. He goes like, "Oh, we could be literally anywhere. We're, we're now going to go exploring. We're going to see something we've never seen before." I just think you could do that after that. Okay, so what has he done so far with uh, what's her face? Peril. Yeah. With, <laughs> they, they just got out of a volcano. Oh, yeah. So they were in... Oh, well, see, that was... No, no. Pompeii isn't a holiday. No, 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 no. But you know what that, you know what that was? That was an attempted holiday. Yeah, it was, it was like, Italian... oh, let's go to Rome and let's have some, have some fun and, you know, let's have some pizza and... Go fucking Rome, then. Don't go Pompeii. Yeah, but that was a mistake. Yeah, it was, oh, a, right, it was yeah, an yeah. Italian city break. I mean, what more do you want? So what, what is he going to do? Was it the EasyJet version of, <laughs> of going to Rome that you end up... Yeah, exactly. The, the Ryanair airport for Rome is in Pompeii. Is in Pompeii. Yes, exactly. Does this happen immediately after Pompeii? Do we know for certain that there isn't some time in between? Well, the way he talks to her is as if this is the next... Uh, you know, they've not been to it. Because she says, history is one thing, but an alien planet... Or some, some bit. Oh, that is true. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh... I mean, she her performance continuously makes me want to just throw up in my hands. It is so bad. What, you wish she was just there being like, alien planet, so what? Take it all in my stride. No. I feel nothing. Do you know what's, <laughs> do you know what's worse? Do you know what's worse than those two, two reactions? Well, that reaction and the one that she actually delivered is the boundless enthusiasm that we've been, been privy to so far by the companions Martha and then... then um, Rose is that I've an alien planet, nothing could possibly go wrong. Let me add it. Whereas she's like, Oh, like, this could be dangerous. Yeah, but I feel like that would be my reaction. Like, yeah, but she doesn't yeah. go, Oh, this could be dangerous. She goes, Oh, this could be dangerous. She's not Scooby <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly like Scooby Doo. That's a great comparison. That's exactly what she sounds like. I thought it was good. And I, I liked the, um, the cutaway of this is going to be great. Oh, no, it's just cold. I see a lot of that behavior in my wife. She goes back in, she gets a coat, and then <laughs> she's about the right level of enthusiasm. And they're walking along and they're having a nice time and they're laughing and they're enjoying it. I don't know what more you want, man. Uh, I have more problems. Oh, okay. It's just well, off the ahead, top of I my guess. head. Uh, we we mm. talked about this just before we hit the record button. But if you're going to, you know, create a showroom for your slave wares, where would you put it? Just think it out loud. <laughs> Do you mean not on a, a frozen <laughs> on an ice land, planet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe whack, whack smooth on the sh- them on a, on a beach somewhere, have yeah. lots of cocktails. Or put it somewhere more cosmopolitan, like the Champs Elysees. So I don't know, somewhere where rich people are and that they don't necessarily like having to travel to a frozen wasteland for. Yeah, it is kind of weird, but but it seemed okay. So here's a question, another question for you guys. This is clearly the planet of view. This is where they were discovered. This is where they even said, like, "Oh, we found this brain under the ice," and so on and so forth. One of the people who are there, like one of the sale, uh, one of the customers, seems to be a reseller. He says, like, oh, well, if you have different colored eyes for them, then I can definitely sell that. So do you think that maybe rather than people who are looking for some house slave... This is a wholesale. Exactly. They're coming here to buy whole crates worth crates, whatever the container, you know, whatever they're called. I think that's probably exactly right. So that's why they're coming to the source. Okay, even so, even if that was correct... Which I feel like it is. Fine, fine. That makes perfect sense. Let's let's take that a moment. No, topic over. No, 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 there's more to it. (laughs) So they explain that there is a hub in... You know, very, thousands of hubs across the galaxy. Three but, galaxies. Yeah, three galaxies for for all the new uh, distribution. At this point, are they as ubiquitous as like I, I don't know, like a household item that everyone knows? And does anyone need to see these things up close to buy more of them? But it doesn't. It, mm, well, clearly, yeah. it's it, no. Uh, that's a super good point. But also, they're saying sales have declined because we get to see that rubbish ads in the very very beginning. Oh, that is a terrible ad do you know what marketer on the entire production team (laughs) i mean there was a particularly great ad in the last classic who seeds of death for the team at 
Yes, there was. Way so, better. Way more. Well, actually, you know what? That wasn't an ad. That was more of a sort of documentary feature. This like is the history of the. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like oh, buy the team ad. It was here's the history of the team ad, which revolutionized life on earth and transport but i still think this was a uh buy one at a discount i just i don't know why you wouldn't why you'd need to come to this or even as a wholesaler if the product necessarily hasn't changed yeah it's like if you're de beers you you take someone to see where the diamonds are cut and polished and you get the amazing final product you don't take them down the diamond mine because they're depressing as shit yeah, and also you don't yeah, want them to... Yeah, ice sleep planet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't want them to find out that you're just harvesting blood ood, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very valid criticism. It was a very disorienting cold open in general, I found. Mm. Like, the, like the first ten seconds, I thought, it was like... Oh, wait, it's a marketing video. Oh, wait, now we're in the head of the company's office? No, wait, he's on to the head of the... The actual head of the company on the phone, and now he's... De- what the fuck? Wait, now he's being electrocuted and so on? <laughs> yeah. What about the electrocution? How does that even work? Telepathic energy, mate. I mean, Telepathic energy. That was the yeah. same, oh, that was yeah, the that same in the... the Satan pit, wasn't it? They killed people in the same way. Did they? Is that right? I don't remember that. Well, they certainly killed them somehow, didn't they? They definitely killed people. I don't remember. I don't... They didn't tentacle them in the face like they did with one guy later on in the firefight, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He jumps on him like a rabid dog. <laughs> he Nixon jowled him to death. <laughs> okay. How, how do we feel... Go on. No, go for it. How do we feel about the Ooded General? I thought they were good in this episode. I thought they were fantastic. As a creation? Yeah, I think I think they're a very, very good idea. I, I think... Th- the design is amazing, and the idea of the brain in the hands and, and the... That was super fucked up. Just... Not, not, not the, as or a, the separation of brains, rather. All of that was... I think it was incredibly well written. The brain birthing thing was full disgusting. <laughs> oh, that like scene that you mean when he turned into out. I mean, as well as them just having a brain they hold around. They're just sort of... I don't know why we super creep me out and in a really good way because why is every everything up till this point has been like an anthropomorphized bipedal alien right basically us but with slightly you know blue or some shit this has a brain in its hand that's different yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no <laughs> I, I agree they, they are oh wait hang on let's get back to the birthing bit a little in a little bit but just to say they are quite similar to another alien race on Doctor Who and we've encountered that race on Who Back When. It's not the Sensorites, is it? It is the Sensorites. Ah. Yeah, and there's a reference to them in this episode. The Doctor looks at uh, the stars and goes, oh, well, actually, we're, we're on the Ood sphere, which is very close to the Sense sphere and the Sense sphere is where he encountered the Sensorites in the episode entitled The Sensorites, which is a pretty good one. Was it? I can't remember. It was a really shit one. <laughs> one of the two. Either way, the review was quite fun. Yeah, anyway, so it's nice to get that little tie back. But, okay, returning to that Ood birthing scene, I hated that. I thought that was one of the weakest points of this story. The Ood birth what? When they're in the cell? No, 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 where the guy is turned into an Ood. It's not the Ood oh. birth, the brain birth. Oh, yeah, concept, concept of how he's being turned and stuff. Yes, that was some full bullshit. Why um, only now? Does it? Take, how long has he been taking this tonic? How did they time it to happen right now? Well, <sighs> and then more things is that... the. So this red eye or whatever the thing, you know, the mechanism, the doctor says manifests in different oods at different points and has different, you know, so some are rabid, some are apparently fucking evil geniuses, right? Clandestine poisoners, right? Yeah. Is that the, was there any need for that delicious payoff, quote unquote, to have to occur like that? Could they, could one of the ood not have just like, or the loyal ood not have just like killed him? Shot him. And now that the, also have been a delicious payback. The Ood's... Yeah. Well, the Sigma Ood, the goo dude, is, he says that we don't kill. I mean, that's not borne out by the rest of the episode. I suppose if they're in their right mind, they don't kill. So what are uh, the rabbits, Ood, then? Well, is that actually yeah, a sickness of some description? It doesn't hang together brilliantly well. Is it maybe the the know, manifest- side effect of this terrible surgery that is forced upon them? Possibly. No, but they were manifestations the- of different aspects of the subconscious, weren't they? They were the, the they were the fear and the anger. The the rabid ones were the anger. The red eye ones were, were they fear? That sounds to me more like anger. <sighs> they are yeah. they're the ones that. Oh. And for some reason they like came theory, in. Though. They they came in unpredictable waves and packs. Whereas Sigmarud was this one guy who represented patience, which I don't usually think of as sort of a product of your id, really, in general, on the same way. No, that's some super ego stuff. Yeah, but but what made him? 
I don't understand. Was he being, was he acting independently, autonomously, or was he being controlled by the, by the huge brain? And was the brain then deciding, oh, you now, will be a representation of this aspect of uh, personality? I, this, you know, I think it's not necessarily about being told from the giant brain. I think it was, it's, what it, did the brain do? The brain is Connected the circle. Yeah. It, it connects them all. Um, it's the, their big telepathic swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Happy with that as a description. <laughs> I pulled out my ass. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Because they didn't need it in order to communicate with each other. But they also didn't... I think it connects... Uh, maybe they could communicate with each other maybe in range or something, but this is something more spiritual as a connection, right? Because the guy, the, the other mole that's revealed right at the end... Scientist. Lowers the... Scientist free, yeah, the field. Um, the, you know, the... Friends the of you. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the telepathic dampener. Yeah, whatever. So I, I'm not sure it was necessarily that the big brain was giving out orders. I think it was just... Enabling the other to communicate with each other. Some version of that. Or, or at least maybe just, you know, letting in, like you said, some of that id um, and ego. But I don't know. It's actually really hard to, to make any of these logical leaps just to know that I think that was a bullshit thing to have to have done. Sigma, you know, having the delicious power. I don't, I don't get it why it had to happen like that. It's a bit fuzzy around the edges, which is a shame because there are lots of good elements in this episode that show you that they did put a lot of thought into how they structured it. Well, so Sigma was the house slave. Yeah. Wasn't he? That's, yeah. That was his role. And then there were field slaves and that whole... So it's, it's you know, not even an allegory at this point. <laughs> not <laughs> even a thinly veiled allegory. I mean, what did we think of the proselytizing of the Doctor to say, you know, in modern slavery, that, that sort of back and forth through as, as Donna as spokeswoman for planet Earth? and Yeah, she did a lot of that in this episode. Did a lot of that. Um, yeah, being a voice of the beyond pensant lefty. Uh, yeah, well, how did we feel about that? Nice one. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Remind me. Wait, what well, did she say? She she said um, she she sort of immediately called out what this was was slavery and horrible. Yeah, a whole empire built on slaves. Oh, and, that's true. And, actually, yeah, yeah, you know, that's true. And comments on the doctor having met them before and not doing anything about it. And he's like, oh yeah, Wait, I didn't what? really notice. He I said, thought, he I said, totally blanked on this. He says, I didn't really notice. I had my hands full. You're talking about the Satan pit. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I do remember that. I do remember that. And he said, and then he says, um, I, you know, I had to let them die. I guess I owe them one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they have this back and forth about modern slavery. Um, you know, who made who made your clothes? Yeah. I do remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about this. Sorry. Now, what do we think about that? Because I'm, I often rail against the doctor, a doctor who's you know want to either educate or proselytize or whatever version of you know t davies and moffat whatever their soapbox is for that fucking week but i actually really like this one i think it answered a question that we've had in the past in the sense of why is the doctor taking human around just to lecture it i reckon rtd put that line in as a sort of response to some feedback he must have gotten really we talked about this on the show haven't we like like, is the Doctor just rubbing our noses in it at this point? But- I, I felt like that was a horrendous Donnaism, that entire scene. I mean, okay, I, I again, watch this in installments on a bus, uh, but that that part where she goes, oh, is that why I can't do the scooby-doo, whatever, uh, when she all of a sudden goes, like, oh, is that the only reason you brought me to this planet, to, to tell me that, you know, some kid in a uh, sweatshop made my shoes? It, it was entirely uncalled for, because that's not what he was doing. He wasn't calling her out on anything. He wasn't rubbing her nose on anything. He wasn't you know, wasn't he? I don't yeah, feel like he no, was. I think he was. I, th- yeah, I, I really don't think he, like he was. patently was when he said, who made your clothes, you know. Um, but that was just to say, like, well, don't judge these people. Everyone's equally bad. It wasn't like, oh, I am better than you are. Although, which is what, what she what was is, implying. What, she was basically implying that he criticizes all of humanity. This is the reason he has a human companion. I think he comes pretty close to that sometimes, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. But not in this scenario, anyway. Well, I don't know who makes the Time Lord clothes, really. I mean, they just materialize within the Sardis. He probably just steals them wherever he goes. He doesn't, he doesn't look back he down probably, the source chain. He, there's probably a sweatshop next to the swimming pool in the Tardis. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I liked it, I think, generally speaking, because, hey, called up the idea of modern slavery which doesn't get loads of airtime in just anything really ever certainly not enough yeah um and and yeah the, the whole idea that these things would would cycle would not actually get better like in star trek and more you know elevated morally these things will just cycle we'll just have another version of slavery yeah because like, humans like- are 
dull and we just do the same shit over and over again. Yeah, like 10 years ago, it was primarily the whole sweatshop effect. And it's not like sweatshops have gone away or anything. But when I was watching it now, the most blatant parallel that sprang to mind seemed to be as clear as day was Amazon and its employees in massive warehouses just being run ragged. Or So it just manifests in slightly different forms over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Although with the, the Amazon, fantastic parallel, by the way. But no employees. Basically no employees. This whole conglomerate, whatever the Oud company is called, they have security guards and that's it. Why do they have so many security guards if the Oud are docile and... Mm, yeah. Oh, also, the concept of Red Eye, right? Yeah. So hitherto, Red Eye we've only been experienced to as an audience in the Satan pit because the devil manifested through them. Yeah. So Red Eye... Was that the clearly, same kind of Red Eye? Well, quite clearly is a thing, isn't it? Occasionally, the, it would go fucking mental and that's why they've got so many heavies with guns and they, they have a name for it. So how... A, a, is this Red Eye that is particular to this planet and this story, as in that it's been going on for a few weeks or a few months or whatever, how long the mole has been fucking with the dampener field? Or is it just occasionally a batch goes mental <laughs> just throughout <laughs> the three galaxies? Yeah, maybe. Because I feel like that would hurt sales. I'm going to look up when... Uh, <laughs> Actually, Satan <pit>. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking up, sorry? Okay, so I just looked up when the Satan Pits takes uh, place, mm. and it, it doesn't help us very much. So this one takes place in what? The year 4,000-something. 4, 4,126. Yes. Satan Place? Uh, Satan Place? Satan Place! Uh, the Satan Pit takes place in the year 43K2.1. Oh, right. And I don't know if that's 43,000 and something, something, point one. I suspect it's not. Does I that think... even work in hexadecimal? I you think don't get it... K in hexadecimal. Yeah, up to do, F. Like, do you remember the one with why, the new Why humans? are you looking at me? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I vaguely <laughs> understand that in hexadecimal, let alone tell you every one of them. It's a, ba- a base 16 number system anyway. Though. I know. What what I... <laughs> <laughs> well, then you're fine. <laughs> well, I think that... <laughs> Ladies and what gentlemen... Are you doing <laughs> nick just put a dorito in his mouth and now doesn't know what to do <laughs> he's three inches from a microphone just eat it just eat it into the microphone we think he may not have entirely <laughs> thought this through <laughs> put them away put them away <laughs> Okay, well, here's the thing. I, I, I don't think that 43K 2.1 is... It, you can't, I don't think you can interpret that in any way, really. I, I think, you I don't, don't think it's not... In any way. In any way. It's not October 4321? No, no, no. I think it's a year along the lines of the year that we got in a couple of episodes. The only one that springs to mind is the one with the new humans, with the first cat people one, with... The, What's her face? Cassandra the Delta. Binga Bongo. Skin that's flat the one. B. Yeah, because that was the year something something blah 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 dot Apple 17 or something. It was something something the year blah 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 Apple number. Has the Gregorian calendar been replaced by the Paltrovian calendar or something? No, mate. Apple, <laughs> apples and oranges. <laughs> All right, completely different. So, point being, I don't know if Satan Pit takes place before or after this. I'm. Yeah, anyway, I- I'm assuming that it takes place before this. That was, right? a, that was a useful line of inquiry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I tried, man. You really did. I looked some... super hard. I'm proud of you. God damn it. That was, uh, was really important for us all to go down. Okay, fine. So, linking this back to what we talked about, we did talk about the Satan Pits and yep. the Red Eye in the Satan Pits. Mm. I don't think it's the same Red Eye. Well, it can't, it clearly can't be because there's not a devil wandering around. No, but that's that's my point. I think the, I mean, you said very clearly it is a thing. The red eye is a thing. The the ood are stricken by this in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, because they they talk about it. But um, I don't. But I I think that the red eye that we saw then it was sort of was coincidental red eye. You know, someone farted on their pillow and now they have red eyes. I literally only think it has to do with the devil. Could we leave it at the level of, this is something cool and scary the Ood do. Let's do it again. So whenever they are under the influence of anything, their eyes turn red. Anything, any sort of rage-induced telepathic thing will make their eyes go red. Yeah. It's a deal. Let's shake on it. (laughs) (laughs) And never speak of it again. Mm, Thank God. (laughs) We haven't discussed who wrote this one. Oh, who did write this? Keith Temple. Oh. 
template Wemple. Yeah. You, you're looking at me not knowing what he wrote because, <laughs> no. because who the fuck is Keith Temple? He's KT. Yeah. He's BBC writer for hire, essentially. He wrote oh, really? for EastEnders, Casualty, Biker Grove after it stopped being good. He's just a guy who happened to be in the building. Is he the BBC's Ood? Maybe. We've <laughs> just got a basement full of them churning out episodes of Holby City. <laughs> yes. And then occasionally Doctor Who. That's exactly who he is. Sherlock. I don't know. But he wrote a fairly good episode. Is. You wonder why he didn't bring him back? Mm. Uh, maybe because it's too good. Money? Maybe he just costs too much? Yeah. Maybe he retired. Maybe he wanted to end on a high. Maybe. Or maybe Moffat just decided I have to write the last two episodes and the first three episodes of every series. That leaves no space for anyone and probably not any women either. Oh no, there was one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about some T. Davis nuggets. There's such as? Such as the Jam bees. <gasps> oh yeah, we do get another reference to the bees. The not bees. the bees! The bees are The leaving. bees, the bees, not the bees. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. I, I, in retrospect, and not having picked up on any of that, other than the bees are actually leaving and we are actually fucked, that's not really a trope of your story. Uh, okay, I, I, yeah, it gets less funny every year. It gets less and less funny <laughs> yeah. every year. It's quite topical. The, the, the bee reference here, I don't remember that much of it. I remember there being, being an episode with a <laughs> giant bee, and I remember, oh, I don't know. Yeah, fine, that's you can spoil it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I remember one more thing. This may be wrong as well. Please feel free to spoil this. Are they aliens? I feel like the bees are aliens and they went to a different planet or something. Essentially. Okay. They go elsewhere. Oh. They leave us because Earth is fucked. Right. Or bees. So long and thanks for all the flowers sort of Essentially. thing. Essentially. <laughs> right, okay. Exactly that, yeah. Very nice. Um, yeah, that's some straight up plagiarism. <laughs> but bees are leaving us or dying and we are actually fucked. This was off the records. Uh, you said this is the bad wolf of this season. This is one. Uh, this is part of, you know, how D. Davis needs to put in all that bullshit. That, Lots yeah. of little hints. Yeah. Everything leads up so to something. bees end up being one of the things that the Doctor uses to see No, spo- no huge spoilers. All right, okay. Well, Some spoilers. So it's one of the things that he notes and goes, oh, yeah, it's like what you said in episode two. I mean, an earlier adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other one was... The continued reference by the Ood uh, uh, to, to Doctor and Donna, but not not, not the Doctor and Donna. The, the Doctor. Doctor, Do- yeah, the Doctor, Doctor Donna. Donna. The yeah. double Ds. Yeah, Doctor Donna, because again, that is very, very important. Um, See, I don't remember that at all. But the B thing, is that not is that not literally just one episode? As in, as opposed to something with the, the gravitas of Bad Wolf, is it not just the plot line of the week? No, because it didn't have any bearing on this plot. Like, zero bearing. Okay. It was just a mention. But when it happens, is it a thing? Like, is it a, holy shit, we're going to be talking about these bees for the next three years? Uh, The way that we are still kind of talking about Bad Wolf. I think that when it was written, that was his hope. Oh, okay. Or at least least some confluence of the bees and the, you know. He just ran out of jam. Yeah, he just ran out of jam. Or maybe had too much jam. There was either a surfeit (laughs) <laughs> or deficit of jam, <laughs> and he fucked up the the recipe. Okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> tough. <laughs> Can we talk about helping a little bit? Helping? You mean Bezos? Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Lord Percy, <laughs> Percy Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> This is... Oh, you look like a man with trivia. No, no, no. Just ah, okay. go for it. Just go for it. I'm, uh, I'm looking in Notting Hill. Right? He was in Notting Hill, yeah. He was the yeah, guy yeah. who... Fucks got- up the bird. The, the, the cooking of the bird when... Julia Roberts comes for tea. I was going to say he's the oh, one who marries Hugh Grant's ex-wife. Yes. Bingo. Uh, but yeah, Lord Percy from yeah. Blackadder. And he was in National Treasure, the Robbie Coltrane one recently, about the uh, paedophile. Oh, not the not the Nick Cage. No. <laughs> no, no. Not the Book of Secrets <laughs> brand of National Treasure. Yeah, no paedophiles in that one. As far as we know. (laughs) (laughs) I've been ill for a week. People must pay. (laughs) What I was going to say was that there was a... I I feel like this is crowdfunded, and I also unfortunately feel like this went nowhere. There was an attempt to do a Doctor Who spin-off. I can't remember what this is called. Do you know what this is called? Again, I'm just looking enthused. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Future Punkin, help me out. Bing bong, Future Punkin here. I confess, I haven't done that much research, but the spin-off in question is called Minister of Chance, and as far as I understand, it's based off a podcast, which may have some sort of continuous narrative, I'm not entirely sure. Anyway, you should definitely look it up. I've only seen that pilot, 
I really wanted to embed it on this page on whobackwhen.com. Unfortunately, I couldn't actually find a playable version of it, but I'm sure there is one lurking somewhere on the interweb, so check it out. It also, in addition to Paul McGann and Tim, Mac, and Ernie, co-starred Sly McCoy, which is pretty cool, right? Two Doctors, one spin-off. So yeah, Minister of Chance, bing bong. That's what it's called. Uh, and it starred, it was set in the same universe as Doctor Who, but it didn't star the Doctor. It did, however, star Paul McGann as a oh. different, yeah, as a different, I believe, a different Time Lord. And it, one of the main, they only made a pilot. I, I, I watched this pilot like two years ago. And um, it, the star of at least that pilot, I don't know if, as in, you know, the co-star of that pilot, was that guy, the guy who plays Percy. Tim McInerney. That's the guy. Mm. Uh, so he clearly, if he isn't part of the Hooniverse, he clearly wants to be part of the Hooniverse. What's his name again? Because it sounds like three guys. Tim, Mac, and Ernie. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. Make you making that joke a lot. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Tim. I like the fact that he. Had... <laughs> I like the fact that he had a smartwatch. Did he have a smartwatch? Oh, I I missed yeah, that. Yeah, they, they communicate via smartwatches. He talks to PR girl or Piana or whatever her name is. Oh yeah, oh, but, I mean, yeah. so did Kirk. I suppose. <laughs> it just seemed. Sorry to piss on that. <laughs> it just seemed really topical for you know right now and our friend Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I, I mean, so how did we feel about him being sort of privileged Zion, um, as a, as a sort of evil maniacal, like, cause I feel like he went maniacal really quick. I can understand him being, I feel like he was uh, maniacal, not just from the get go before he even entered stage. Yeah. Well, I, but I can understand avarice, right? As a, as a driver, he was just, but how he just, I don't know, he goes to murder super quick. Hmm. You know, well, he doesn't because at the he end murders a, one, a dude by picking him up one-handed. Well, oh, he, oh, the scientists. Yeah, have the Ood at any point displayed <laughs> super strength? Because at that point, he's probably more Ood than Ood. The Ood aren't super strong ever. No, no, so I you, suppose not. So that's not an explanation. I was just ruling that out. So, yeah. but, that is, but that is a good point. He goes. It, it's not. It, I don't feel like it's he goes from zero to murder really quickly because he ha he he says he went and visited the brain when he was a child. This is like a family business, right? And he's just he inherited the throne. Uh, but he last visited this slave brain twenty years ago, and and he's planned the whole thing of blowing it up. What I feel like he's done is he's gone from zero to let's fuck up the entire family business and my investment and everything in very short time. That's the problem I have with it. Well, no, but that and murder, because he never, I mean, I'm sure him murdering Ood and whatever, but like him murdering people seems quite a step too. But it's just what? one, it's just one person, right? And well, it's no, the one does... person who, who... No, 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 no. He considers it to have stabbed he, him in the back. He murders that guy and then has a nice, he picks up a gun and says, I don't know what it's like to have shot a person, but I'm going to give it a go anyway, or some shit like that. Yeah. And he points a gun at the Dr. Donner. Um, so I don't know. I don't, I don't like I found this that... Dr. Donner thing. What? Oh, I don't know where it's, where it's going, but this whole, uh, the going? Dr. Donner, ugh. Uh, keep that in your mind. We're going to keep talking about the Dr. Donner. Okay. That's going to be super important. Double D's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a sign of how he hasn't just gone entirely over to murderous magic crazy because he spends time sort of talking himself up to it. Like, well, I, I can't just pull that. the trigger no, like that. It's but... too calm for that. It's, it's not like him talking him through it. He just, he, he says it with glee. Um, I thought that was a good scene. I thought that was fine, but it really bothers me that, I mean, he doesn't have a backup brain, which means that he is, he is willing to sacrifice his entire empire. Yeah. Uh, I, that doesn't make sense to me. He well, does say like, "Oh well, we'll start over in like completely afresh without cattle." And the cattle being the ood, right? Or is he saying like, "Well, this business didn't work out. It, I guess it lasted two hundred years. I'll think of something else, and I'll invent an app." Unless they found a way on some of the other. Pl I mean, because because how many ood can they possibly churn out at any given point? Well, I mean, how do how are they even born? born? Yeah, there aren't very many of them that are raw and unprocessed, are there? There's a little huddle like of about half a dozen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like is that all of them? Actually, that mu it seems like it is all of them. <laughs> well, they have the, there's the scene with them all in the craters, uh, in the crates, not the yeah. craters. Yeah. Um, and, were, and that's like millions of them. But it also, that doesn't still seem like enough of a operation to service the three galaxies. So they found another mm. way to produce Ood elsewhere? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, he mentions insurance earlier in the episode on a much smaller scale for the batch of a couple of thousand that they're going to lose. Yeah. Maybe he has a massive insurance plan and he'll just get in a, 
it almost capital investment and put it somewhere, but it's definitely not made clear in any way. Mm. So maybe he's just sick and tired of this business. Yeah. That he was born into. He should get himself a reality show or something. Give him a diversion, a distraction from losing all that money. And hair. Maybe some sort of, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he could just get himself a coal mover and then start a TV pageant. That could work. What you said earlier about uh, this being like the 43rd century and them not having discovered a, a cure for boldness. I mean, Wayne Rooney has sort of sorted his own boldness in the 21st century. <laughs> It doesn't really hold up. Ah, but maybe um, Percy Bezos has a really smooth, hairless bum. It's true. Nowhere to transplant it from. (laughs) (laughs) You lost me a rooney. What, because I beat you in an argument? You can cut it. No, (laughs) fucking keep it in. (laughs) No, because Leon looked at me like, the fuck is Wayne Rooney? No one else is going to understand this. (laughs) No, I know Wayne. Wayne Rooney is the potato who plays football, right? Yes. Potato with hair. Oh, he has hair now. He never used to have hair. I didn't realize that. I mean, I I assumed contextually that this had happened but okay sorry the joke was he was the man that didn't have head (laughs) (laughs) um do you know what i found that jarring so the the guy with the the murderous range lots of parts like you said about his production line just murdering his entire production line and and dooming the empire um and not just dooming the empire presumably dooming because i mean when you think about it slavery wasn't just a commercial trade there was state it was state sanctioned and state, you know, because otherwise yeah. the whole fucking system collapsed, right? Yeah. And then there was a big war and all that sort of stuff. Wouldn't that happen here? Wouldn't the whole empire go, wow, hang on, we rely on all of this? Wouldn't there be like... But they would... Uh, it, yeah, okay, so you're saying this is basically, this is the fall of the empire. This is going to this lead to the fall of the yeah. empire. Yeah, institutional inertia. But it doesn't seem like... <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast sometimes. <laughs> I thought of two good words and put them together. Someone give me a biscuit. <laughs> here, have some chocolate. The, the, <laughs> it doesn't seem like it... It, like the empire relies on on Oud that much, though. Given that in the beginning they're saying that sales are actually waning and they have to sell them at a discount. Now. That's true. And they seem incredibly desperate to keep this handful of uh, retailers or wholesalers, whole, wholesalers, wholesalers, wholesalers in the room. But maybe it's just one of those terrible. It's like every commercial endeavor. Apparently, you only can only ever experience positive growth. Everything else is a problem. So you might be Apple and be the you know the biggest best company in the world, but if you don't have positive growth, then that's a problem. So that's probably what they're experiencing. I don't necessarily buy the idea that their sales are declining. That doesn't mean that the fit, the oud aren't everywhere. But they, Joe, mm, saying yeah. But I mean the oud. Oh, the thing is, I do see what you're saying, but <laughs> but there's but a. I want you to be wrong. No, no, no. But I, I feel like the <laughs> parallel with with Apple doesn't really work, or the parallel with any any massive commercial enterprise that we have today, mm. like Apple, doesn't really work in comparison because here there's literally only one product and that product has, by definition, a, a finite lifespan. Like, it, 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 will, it will die. It will, it will have to be replaced, right? Whereas everything else, Amazon and Apple and whatever we have today, it, in order to make up for the fact that they can only sell X amount of units to the world because they also, phones have to be replaced and so on, they think of other things that they sell. And this one, they don't. Yeah, they do. They think of a really bad imitation of Homer Simpson going dull. That was the oh, worst. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate it so much. It's like they got a speak and spell to do it. What, why did, and, why and did everyone they, in the room laugh at that? And surely they had to license it. And, and surely no one knows the fuck the Simpsons are. 2,200 years later. Yeah, when when the Beatles are a classical music pub quiz trivia question. I don't think they had to license it. Because it was so shit. Yeah, uh, Matt exactly. Matt went, what is this? <laughs> well, I think the word... Oh, someone's talking about baking. I think the word dull is now in the dictionary, so I don't think you can trademark... I, I feel like if I was the Simpsons' lawyer, I'd definitely <laughs> have a good crack at this. Um, yeah, I, I did definitely nah. share your disappointment in that when they said, I've dropped something, I thought, great, what reference is this going to be? Is this going to be gold? And then when it turned out to be the Simpsons and just dull, I, massive deflation. I have no idea why. Both times, back, seeing it back when it aired and now, I really, really wanted it to be Frank Spencer. 
He came to my mind too. Yeah, I knew it. Fuck. And I've never even seen some mothers do have them, but it, it fitted conceptually. It, it fitted so much better. Ladies and gentlemen, it's okay. I don't know either. Who's Frank Spencer? <laughs> he was a bumbly, bawdy seventies uh, protagonist of a, a comedy that used to say he had a beret um, and a, a a trench coat, and he used to say things like, "Oh, Betty." <laughs> Yeah, vouch <laughs> wow, for that. Well, that definitely worked. <laughs> Done a whoopsie. <laughs> wow. It's comedy gold. <laughs> I don't know why, it's just sort of, you know, hardwired into the British cultural DNA. Yeah, thanks, Spencer. Cool. All right. <laughs> what some mothers do have them. What's wrong with you? Uh, I've got to get through Heidi High first. <laughs> Sorry, Leon. Uh, no, it's okay, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glancing at my notes and there's there's something that we haven't talked about. <gasps> was it more inaccessible British comedy from the 70s? It, no, it was telepathy uh, on the part of the doctor. I just, I thought that. Nice. <laughs> only, only because I was touching your head at the, at the time. Yeah, fucking telepathy again. When did we last have that? Because I, I always think, I was trying to go through the episodes. Going, going, hit me with your tenant telepathy. I could only think of one instance of quote-unquote tenant telepathy, and I don't think it was telepathy. I think Fear was, her? Yes. And I, I think know, that was there's hypnosis. One, there's one. That's hypnosis, isn't it's it? It's the girl in the fireplace. Oh, isn't it? Always? Oh, you're right. So Just because I wasn't on that one. <laughs> <laughs> there's Eccleston does some tele- uh, telepathy, I think. Does he not? Where? Oh. Show you working. <laughs> Damn it. I'm sure he does. I'm not sure he does. I'm sure he does. Oh, he does something. No, sorry. He does something completely different. He does a Pertwee thing where he slows time. Oh, with the f- spinning fan? Yeah. Oh, I hated uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> retro, not retrocasting that three series ago. I'm now on that recording. <laughs> I hated that. Yeah. After like 120 episodes of Who Back When, I don't know how many of you guys have stuck with us. 139. 139 have stuck with us since the very beginning. But we do really love Doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is, we, we would help, not be here if we, we can't help say things just like, yeah, I fucking hated that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so aside from Girl in the Fireplace, when, or in New Who, because I can't really speak for Clancy Who, but in New Who, when has he used telepathy? The mind meld. Um, that's the thing. All of a sudden he's, you know, oh, 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 there's oh, a sight oh. him that's just oh, no, this, telepathic. Is this um, with, with um, Thingy from Spaced in... Daisy. Daisy from Spaced in Family of Blood. I feel yeah. like she gets she gets some telepathy when they yeah the alternate uh, future for them and where he lets her see that or are they both sharing that somehow. No, but yeah, then, I don't yeah. think that that was Fuck. him. I think that was a consequence of wasn't that sort of the real Doctor giving what's his name John Smith John Smith oh from within the watch exactly mm. like giving his alternate but self she this also gift. Know things about the do- oh no that's she reads that in the diary yeah fuck so there's this whole other side to his personality that every so often yeah he's an x-man and every now and then he just flaunts those powers and why so fucking use them all the time man can you think of how many situations in which telepathy would be kind of handy as many as a sonic screwdriver at least yeah and the also the ability to slow down time which i fucking hated yeah me too by the way Sonic Screwdriver doesn't turn up. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. He yeah, zaps it does. the cell, he fuses the warehouse from the inside, uh, he yeah. gets in the warehouse to start with. It's not that problem. It's not that, it wasn't that no, it's a key. problem, though. He it? uses it as a lockpick in this one. That's yeah. okay. It was That's discreet. Fine, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we're talking about the Doctor and Donna. Yeah. Did you not think they had some chemistry? In this episode. Are they not having a good time together? They're not walking around having some fun? Yeah, occasionally. I, I, I thought that really did work. I, as I said in a prior uh, Double D episodes, uh, I remember from the first viewing of this that they develop chemistry and that they really, you know, that that, that improves. I don't feel like they're quite there yet. What but- about when they when the rocket flies overhead and she goes, you've got a box. He's got a Ferrari! And she goes off. And the doctor looks back at the TARDIS and he's like, oh. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I like that. I don't like her delivery of, the, uh, of that line, but yeah, I like that. As a companion, though, she is, is a, you know, in all four episodes up, up to now is has um, displayed incredible agency, which mm. is one of our major problems with companions up till now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I am not disputing this. I think we said in the... When... Uh, Oh, what was the episode called? When Marie and Jim joined us. Fires of Pompeii. Bingo Bongo. Oh, yeah, the last one. <laughs> I think we said this is a, a great character, like a fantastic character. It's just the delivery. It's the actual performance of this fantastic all right, character. All right, what about... That is when, annoying when, as hell. When the red-eyed dude 
are approaching the Doctor and Donna and they, they're stuck in the quality handcuffs and they are both... The Doctor is saying his thing and Donna's saying her thing and rather than the Doctor obviously being right and Donna obviously being wrong and the Doctor saying, this is what you should be saying and then them both saying it, you don't actually know which one of them contributed or they or they both contributed equally to the ood sensing in the telepathic field okay let's not kill them after all they both have equal agency in that scene yeah yeah and that's good, great good writing <laughs> Catherine Tate is a national treasure this terrible actress in, in, in a different sense <laughs> yeah, if you're good, if every good also thing not a Catherine Tate does in this series you're just going to go that oh, was the writing it wasn't Catherine Tate the writing overall no. of Catherine Tate in that one scene and then she was more Catherine Tate in another scene and that's why I don't like it no They're no never she, get she is I, 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 I find her much less annoying in this one than I did in the last one great, I mean great. so you know the, the upward it, trend there is a, it, I was going to say there's a positive trend here but the uh, <laughs> at the core holy shit does she annoy me <laughs> I mean she, yeah. dude, dude 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 have you ever seen a pantomime yeah did you like it <laughs> well there you go you see, I think I think if you're if you're more inclined to the pantomime farce end of the spectrum, then you love Catherine Tate, and I'm all about the pantomime farce. But you you're a more I do enjoy that, guy. but that's not Doctor I Who. That's like an entirely Sass. separate thing. I'm a big fan of Sass. Mm. There's, there's very little in the way of of uh, British female actresses that deliver Sass better than Catherine Tate. I can't think of what. Certainly, any of that have appeared in Doctor Who. Yeah, she's sassy. I mean, Martha had some sass last time. What about time. Amy Pond? Mm, no, uh, sass is kind of... Before she got all serious. As in before her character got all serious. Oh, yeah, maybe. But I'm coloured now. It's, it's like... Mm. It's, it's quite a lot of seriousness. Plus, yeah. has, oh, I don't know. Sass, for me, is not necessarily sexual. I like sass as much as the next guy. Well, Scottish but sass the... is also different. Scottish sass uh, is Okay, different. that is true. <laughs> it's more austere. Yeah. <laughs> it's more forbidding. <laughs> it's more dear. <laughs> my very last actually it's a two-parter my very last note there was uh about overacting uh, and it's about both of them uh, her whistle her wolf whistle in oh, yeah. the middle of the oh let's sneak around this compound but because i'm <laughs> fucking donna noble i have to wolf whistle to get his attention that's funny man no that's, that's funny incredibly that funny. annoying but then his overacting in the cage which he overacted way, way above her. <laughs> like, If we're going to give her an award for overacting in this episode... Tenet. Tenet. No, 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 neither. Oh, do you mean Halpin? Which one's Halpin? Uh, P- Percy. No, no, not Percy uh, Bezos. It's Henchman. It's Head Henchman. Oh, when he's, when he's oh! working the claw. Oh, when he's working the cuddly grabber. I hate that so much. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what are you doing, mate? <laughs> it looks like a joystick. Just sit there in silence. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was absolutely ridiculous. Eyes, <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Overly convoluted. There aren't that many entrances and exits to this warehouse hangar. <laughs> oh, look, I do missed. Do you all <laughs> Why does he do that? Because it's an, a ridiculous plot device. Who wrote this? What was Keith, it? Keith Temple. Oh, shame on you, Keith. That was absolutely ridiculous. Poor. I mean, actually, the action hitherto have been great. They're sort of running gun battles, you know, Ood and stuff. But Cuddly Grabber, no. nothing for me. They no. could have spent that on something else. Agreed. Yeah. Also, other thing. The Ood live on this planet that is fucking freezing. Yep. Freezing to the point that we saw one of them die in the snow. Uh, but hadn't he been shot or something? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're indigenous to this planet. So they're just cool in the snow. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they live? Oh, I don't know. Igloos. It's been two centuries since you took the ood out of their natural habitat. Snow cones. All the all traces of their former civilization are gone. Is that all it take? Two hundred years. Well, I mean, once you fucking snow on top of it, yeah. I guess so. Well, I don't know. I just it feels like they weren't necessarily that cut out for the snow. That's maybe more of a qualitative thing than a. They, well, well they, they seem to be born with tiny little gloves on. They're perfectly evolved <laughs> for the snow. <laughs> and a narrow suit each. Yeah, <laughs> they, seem, they seem almost more aquatic to me but but uh, all right so here's a here's a weird thing the brain they said that 200 years ago they discovered the brain 
beneath the ice, as in basically archaeologists had to exhume this brain. Mm. Was it active? Did they do they live in under the ice? Are they subterranean, or were they more or less extinct, or on the verge of extinction? Or does the, the, the brain just is the brain cool to be subterranean? In the, like how what's the signal strength? Is it like Bluetooth? Are they good? With it being underground, Under, underground, and then being a but also ground. would it not then would you not assume that it requires cold to survive? Yeah, because the brain. I mean, it's putting is such a source of swimming pool, if you will, of <laughs> telepathic energy that an incredible amount of heat is generated. It needs a covering of ice to uh, stop it from overheating. Hmm. It doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it doesn't. drive you towards. No, and when the doctor, he, he spends a lot of the episode saying, talking about how um, plausible ood evolution is with uh, why would they need to be plugged in or something. There's a line about, well, they, they can't have evolved to be this way. How does the giant fucking brain evolve and sit under the ice? I mean, if you're going to bring evolution into the actual sort of equation. I have a more practical issue. So they've got an orb or a brain yeah. that they carry around. Yeah. What happens with tasks that they have to use both hands? Uh, no, they're, they're one-handed wankers. They help each other. No, they don't. I don't really know what they do. No, they have the little hook on their suit, don't they? Because they, they well, join yeah, hands and they the raise mic- their that's hands. For their, that's for that's their for little the, orb. Exactly, not for the yeah. brain. Maybe they just plop it back in the mouth. Plop. <laughs> yeah, like maybe. a hamster with cheeks full of brains. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking gross. <laughs> I hope you're not eating right now, podcast lads. That's disgusting. <laughs> nah, it's just a slightly oversized adenoid to them. Enjoy that mozza ball soup. <laughs> that's delicious. It is. Yeah. yeah. Take a nice hearty bite into that scotch egg for me, podcast lamb. <laughs> canadles. Make me some canadles. Mm, sure. Great. Like, make me some canadles, Jewish host. (laughs) (laughs) You said they were delicious, like, you know what they are, so I feel like you could probably make them. Yeah. Uh, Now, okay. Maybe. Curry in a a reciprocal (laughs) uh, racist dinner party. Shall we maybe start to round up? I have a few things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Just the. um, Am I. Is this a snow thing? We can start with a snow thing. No, whatever you want, man. Because, because how, Leon, we've, we've got different theories about what the doctor meant when he said, um, oh, proper snow at last. Yeah, my, my mind went straight to uh, the last episode the, where the ash is raining down on them. That's fucking dark. <laughs> yeah. My theory Volcanic is... Volcanic ash, man. Yeah, no, but it's dark that, that he, he'd, he'd go, oh, proper snow. Not like that all-encompassing, you know... <laughs> Fake snow. But, it, but, <laughs> but in that episode, isn't there a line something like, oh, oh, it's snowing. No, actually, it's the whatever it is. I mean, that's what people in Pompeii thought it might have been, right? I think probably. probably. Actually, you know what? I'm not sure that that is where my mind went. Because what I said... We talked about this before we press records. And I said, wait, hang on. There was a recent episode where he says... Uh, someone says it's snowing, and he goes, no, I think that's a spaceship burning up on re-entry. Is it the, is it the Titanic when it's coming into yes. the atmosphere? Yes, that's where my mind went. Right. I do, no, no, yeah, exactly. Something burning up on re-entry, and it must be the Titanic. See, my theory is that he's going right back to the runaway bride... Where Donna comes along. That's and they where have, my head went. And they have the shittest snow machine <laughs> that they've hired in the, the entire 50 years. Is going like, oh yeah, we got real snow. Yeah, this is a production team comment that's been sneaked into the script. Like, finally, we got some fucking budget to go somewhere really snowy and film this. Trivia point. From uh, either IMDb or TARDIS Wiki, or one of the two, take your pick. This was shot in August. It was very hot when they shot this, and it's all fake snow. Is it? Yeah. I did not Shocker. pick up on that at all. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It seemed like a lot of fucking snow to just be around. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They could have gone to Greenland. Well, and were, you, were you not convinced then by what has been revealed to be fake snow? Not at all. No? No. Uh, I guess actually there's, it's never real snow. Like even if they shoot in the dead of winter, it's never real snow, is it? I mean... Because they can't control it. The slightly, the, the, I mean, what's even more annoying is that, so they're on this big, they make the, you know, big expansive uh, shots of CGI'd, ice planet right yeah we know there's ice sometimes trudging around the ice and then they basically don't really refer to it again like they might as well not have it's all in warehouses and shit it could have been on any other type of planetscape so why go to all the effort in i August? have literally no idea 
Yeah. <laughs> just for that. Just for that shot. Yeah, just for the shots. And for that initial scene of uh, Donna freezing. That's pretty much it. That's it. Yeah. Okay, what's next on your list? <laughs> okay. Am I just really slow? And I, you may say yes, and you probably will say yes. But when... um. Mm, at least, at least let me hoist myself on my own petard. <laughs> when, when, Love he's, that by the he's way. been giving, Ood Sigma has been giving Tim, Mac, and Ernie, all three of them, the hair tonic <laughs> that isn't hair tonic and is Ood graft sperm. compound. It's Ood sperm. Yeah, Ood splooge, splooge, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I didn't actually expect him to reach up on his head and just pull his scalp off and become a nude. Did that not, did that not take you by surprise that at all? It certainly seemed yeah. like a facile, like, oh, it, it, drink everyone. Yeah, yeah, drinking. <laughs> With the Daleks could have used that last series. You know, the ultimate genetic experts. They just needed this compound. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is super true. <laughs> they will keep coming back to that every time it lets me down, which is always. <laughs> but, so, wait, hang on. Is your criticism of this that it was too sudden? Uh, just no, I, plain unexpected. Yeah, I'm basically asking you: was it? Was it? A, did it take you by surprise? Was it? it did it take me by surprise when the, when the Ood started to talk? When he was saying, "Well, you know, this is Ood thing, and we think it, you know." And then about, I thought this seems too. And I didn't realize it'd be so full Ood. Like I would have expected him to have, like I don't know, spat out a brain, but him still be. Tim oh, that would have been even grosser, dude. Would it? Right? It's all gross. So. Apparently, that scene was way more graphic, by the way. And then was it? Cut, yeah, this is also from IMDb. Your Todd is wiki, they, they cut it down to a family-friendly version because the original version would have made you shit yourself. <laughs> wow. This one was pretty disgusting. Yeah. All right, next up on your list, man. Come on. Chop, uh, chop. There's, there's not so I'm much. I'm sad, sad there'll be no more Ood. Wait, this is it? Hmm, possibly. Where do you go from here? I think that's it. Oh, nude. Really? The doctor's what? liberated the entire race. They're all peaceful now. Surely he comes back, Doc. or he no, just no. goes. Sigma is a free elf, <laughs> but you could you could go further back in time to a time when there are Ood. Yeah, right. I mean, My he goes it. back in time, or like in so many episodes, and meets prior Cybermen or prior Daleks that haven't met him before. I think this is one of those fixed point in bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. they'll never. There's there's loads of scope to revisit, but that doesn't. But they never him. will. That that doesn't mean that he can't visit uh, other Ood. As long as he doesn't... No, 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 sorry. No, 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 no. This this is, sorry, we're talking cross purposes. I'm not saying that this is a fixed point in time. I'm saying this is a fixed point in bullshit where the screenwriters will never revisit it because, of, for an editorial reason, not because it's not internally consistent with the logic of the Hooniverse. Yeah, I think it wraps up in a nice, neat little bow. The denouement. They won't violate it. Yeah. I, I go back like and muddy the waters. Bing bong, future pumpkin here again. Uh, okay, so I had to do a little bit of uh, digging for this one. Tremendous research. <laughs> uh, I went to Todd's wiki. Here we go. The Ood do actually reappear on a number of occasions. First off, they appear in the 2008 to 2010 specials, The Waters of Mars, and The End of Time. They appear in The Doctor's Wife. Make an appearance in the mini-episodes, Death is the Only Answer. Don't even know what that is. I need to check that out. Then they showed up in the webcasts, Pond Life. I remember those. And very recently in The Magician's Apprentice, Face the Raven and Hell Bent. So that's pretty, that's, that's super recent. I don't, I don't remember them showing up in that. I don't know. If that's incorrect, then TARDIS Wiki is to blame. They also appear in countless video games and one novel and uh, approximately a billion Titan comics. That's right. Among other things, one called an ood thing to say. That's pretty funny. Check out that super-duper oodtastic cornucopia of who. Okie dokie. Back to the show. Bing bong. One point is... Okay. We have another fucking countdown from 200 in this episode. Oh Bloody countdowns. And the only reason we didn't have one last week is because it's hard to make a really cinematic countdown out of a fucking sundial. What's with you and countdowns, man? What's with Doctor Who and countdowns, man? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not my main point. My next okay. point, and this is the last point. Yeah. Ethical question. Mm -hmm. Question about, literally, Doctor Who's ethics. Oh, wow. Because the Doctor, we get insights into his the poignant tragedy he carries around in his universe-comprehending mind. He hears the song of the Ood, yeah. and it's a constant drag on him. And he says at one point to Donna, they're beginning to discuss this, about sometimes it's not better not to know what's right and what's wrong. And then he says something like, people who think they do know what's right and what's wrong are like Tim McInerney's character. Isn't that just carte blanche for him to make it up as he goes along? Should we not hold him to higher standards than that? Wait, hang on. Say that again? What does he, what does he say? 
Donna can't tell. When I travel with you, I can't tell what's right and what's wrong anymore. I do remember this. And the doctor says, it's sort of better that way, with his wise side mouth. But what, the point being, but that That he should have some sort of moral objective rather than moral relativism. Yeah, some sort of moral code rather than, well, I rocked up here. Whatever I do is correct because I'm the doctor. No, I like it. I like it as a limiting factor. I hate the idea that he's the moral objective and... Uh, that just makes him more godlike and i think that's limiting but wait hang on so what is it that he says is it it, it, does he say if you don't know the difference between right and wrong then there is the risk that you will do wrong no no it's more that a it's it's more interesting if you don't know and also to be eternally suspicious of the people that claim to do to to unfallibly know unfallibly infallibly yeah like him but that's the thing i think he's admitting in that point that he might whilst probably projects it isn't it and that's what we're getting at here see i don't know i think that him saying any situation i mean i don't know what's right and what's wrong but because we are with the doctor i mean i suppose i suppose actually no maybe you're right it depends on the audience always having to fall in behind the doctor or us actually genuinely to be able to say well doctor you really fucked it up this week i think so so. you were wrong and so you are not god i think yeah i think it is the the question the ability to question him renders him not superman which renders him interesting okay yeah that's the most boring thing about superman i think you are reading too much into this well but i I do think that your reading is very interesting it's only in the context of because doesn't he place himself on the sorry to cut you off there but doesn't he place himself in the exact same category as percy because he clearly differentiates between donna and percy right and he differentiates between himself and donna yeah but if there are only two different categories here, then he must place himself in the same category as Percy. He doesn't necessarily differentiate between himself and Donna. Oh, Donna and Percy. In fact, he, yeah, but he is the really inference make... here? I don't really remember this scene that well. I, but isn't the inference here that she is virtuous? as a consequence of her ignorance as in not knowing what is right and wrong means that she is a good person is what i'm trying to say wow whereas that, that, he thing, is I, not a good person meaning he must not be ignorant he uh, must I, be able to identify. i don't i don't think he's necessarily a you know dichotomy between himself and donna in that scene i think he's essentially saying welcome to how i have to perceive the universe and so they're in the same ballpark now that she doesn't know what's going on in terms of right and wrong either right. i only asked this question because all through the last series we had the doctor contradicting himself in situation after situation and his ethics were all over the place in one episode he had to save one person of one abundant species and then in the next he could just commit genocide yeah. and so in fact has on numerous occasions yeah so i guess that's where i'm coming from definitely yeah. he's interesting but he's also fucking dickhead <laughs> i think we established this early on on who back when yeah <laughs> well i'm just catching up entirely different note about that scene uh, you'll be pleased to hear i thought donna did incredibly well i i, I thought uh, it was quite compelling when she got to hear the music mm-hmm. yeah her reaction to it and her her desire to shut it out because it was simply too much for her to bear i thought that was very well done yeah there's a lot of nuance in the donna character she wanted to go home when she said i wanted to go home i was like of course you would i mean i can completely relate and then at the end when she said i'm, I'm okay now because it's all worked out right it's realistic yeah the there, character there, is good yeah you you okay let's go into super quick ratings and now it is time to rate this did we love or hate this bing bong bing bong hey hey la 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 ratings i mean i'm gonna set the tone okay go for it (laughs) (laughs) 3.8 done just super tight i mean the problem with reviewing something like this is that actually this one wasn't full of giant hold yeah all the characters were good had agency love the donna love the donna catherine tate in in sort of brackets there fine um yeah it was just quite dark i found there wasn't so much fun in it but you know uplifting at the end and but i'm sad to there not to be more ood i just it wasn't very expansive as an idea done 3.8 bingo bongo yeah i i'm gonna jump in here as well because i too am giving this 3.8 for a moment there i was thinking hmm, maybe i should give this 3.9 just to be different uh but no i'm giving this I'm <laughs> well that wouldn't have worked <laughs> <laughs> Aha, i see <laughs> no i'm giving this 3.8 uh, it, it's a really good episode Boom. Uh, despite Donna. Okay. I can get this done in time you did. Tight episode. Lots of good bits and scenes. Structured well. Rabidood must have been fairly scary for children. Framing at the scene. Compare that to Somnolent Pigmen from last year. <laughs> I mean, just do that. Come on. Anyway. 
<laughs> Catherine Tate was more than adequate. Doc did well. Poignant moments. Tim McInerney wasn't brilliant. The big brain was silly. Lots of things to think about. I hate Amazon, so everyone should see this episode, 3.9. That's a very nice mini. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a listener mini. Hey, Leon, who's it from? Tracy from America. Apollo, get out of there. <laughs> 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 Hello out there, Tracy here, have a micro, Planet of the U Day, this episode has it all, great sets, sweeping landscapes, emotions, even tears from Donna, oh, yeah. pyrotechnics, morality, a guest star from That Show Blackadder, and some poetic justice right at the end. Yes, everything one could want, except maybe a plot? Yeah, this one didn't really make sense to me. Was it too simple or too complicated? And hang on, did the Dr. Donna even do anything to advance the story? I will now rate this numerically, simply because I really like you he- like hearing you say naught instead of zero. <laughs> Rating naught point five. Grumble. <laughs> See, that's interesting. She went through all the positive things that we largely glossed over, gave it yeah. a terrible rating. We slated the episode and gave him 3.8s, 3.9s. Because I feel like the story, the plot is emancipation. <laughs> I feel like, that's, I feel like that, that's a strong plot line. Yeah, I mean, it is simple, but there are nuances. I like it for the aforementioned reasons. I don't think she's endorsing slavery necessarily. No, 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 that's not my, That's not what I'm saying either. I'm just saying that's a really compelling narrative, emancipation. Yeah, and it was tightly plotted. There's a there's a scene where Tim McInerney is looking in the mirror, saying, "What would you know about baldness?" And the Ood is the guy who's making him go bald because he's dosing his tonic. It's ironic. It's clever. So much plot. Tracy, get behind that. Yeah, I feel like Lincoln would have liked this one, Tracy. This <laughs> is Lincoln friendly. I'd give it a four score (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad you made my joke better (laughs) that was the best (laughs) (laughs) you can follow Tracy on Twitter she is at Yekat Nietnuf that's Fountain Tracy backwards and uh, I've got a special shout out uh, Tracy has recently started a podcast of her own wow Ooh. what you say yes I say uh, are not you- I say <laughs> <laughs> are you fans of the Aquabats uh-huh. that's how I react to <laughs> Well, if you want to find out more about the uh, Aquabats, uh, or if you are huge fans of the Aquabats already, or you just want to hear someone talk about the Aquabats, then have a listen to the Aquacast. <laughs> so, that was awesome. Uh, what do we have next? What's the next New Who episode? The Sontaran Strategium. It's interesting. You say Strategium. I would say Stratagem. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Okay, let's keep that. Okay. It's that now. (laughs) So that's the next new Who, but before we have that, we're probably going to release the next classic Who review, which is going to be... The Space Pirates! And uh, if you're interested in uh, audiobooks, Doctor Who audiobooks, that is, then have a listen to our upcoming (laughs) review of The Cannibalists. Yeah, if you're interested in a really fucking long wait podcast land... (laughs) (laughs) Then stay tuned. Uh, Until then, you can uh, follow... Follow us on Twitter. Nick, who are you? At Nicolele. Awesome. Drew, who are you? At Drew Backwen. Fantastic. And I'm Ad Punk, and you know how to spell that. Thank you so much for listening. Be rad and excellent to each other, and ciao ciao. Bye. Kablamo. Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of Who Back When. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Who Back When. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Find us on Google Plus. That's plus Who Back When. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account. No lie. So give us a follow. You guessed it. That's at Who Back When. All in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse of visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or <laughs> still funny audio Who review. Cha ciao. Who back when?